Hi, welcome to Ahead of the Curve, the scoliosis experience. I'm Dr. Megan Teed, also known as the Scoliotherapist, and I'm here to guide you in your scoliosis journey. Whether you are a teen or an adult, a patient or a medical provider, I am here to help you demystify scoliosis and feel more comfortable in your journey and your walk. Um, thank you for joining me today. This is the very first episode or podcast live stream. So I am a physical therapist. My name is Dr. Megan Teed. I have scoliosis myself. So this is something that I'm very passionate about. I was diagnosed with scoliosis when I was 11 in a middle school gym class. So I think that if you have had any experience with scoliosis, you know what the screening process is like. It's where you roll forward, you bend forward and reach for your toes. And they use a little device to see if you have any rotation or any curve in your spine. And that's how they picked mine up. So I was uh, referred to my primary care doctor and he just kept an eye on things so we could see if my scoliosis got worse. So we would go in, I think for yearly visits at that point and they would just do the same screening and, um, they would do also yearly x-rays to see if my Cobb angle increased and it never did. When I was an adolescent, when I was a teen, and so I was basically set on my way, and they never really told me anything else I should be doing. So fast forward to graduate school, I decided to go to graduate school for physical therapy, and I was really passionate about learning about what to do about my scoliosis and thought that this would be a really good avenue to do so. So uh, you can imagine my disappointment when, <laughs> when I got to my lecture on scoliosis and musculoskeletal class and they were like, yeah, here's a sheet, here's a handout. And our lecture was probably an hour long. So we learned that you should stretch the so-called strong side of your scoliosis and strengthen the weak side. So I've come to learn <laughs> that that isn't exactly the best advice. It's not very clear what is strong, what is weak. So I was kind of still just as confused about what to do about my back as before I was before I even started physical therapy school. So um, then I graduated and I did travel physical therapy, which was really amazing. I got to go over to Seattle. I graduated from University of Pittsburgh. Go Pitt Panthers. Go Steelers. I'm really not into sports, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Um, I loved my experience in Pittsburgh. It was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, so I went out to Seattle from there. And um, then I was in California for several years. And I actually had really good mentorship 
thankfully, as a travel physical therapist, a lot of times you're kind of just thrown in there with, um, you know, in a new site and you have to orient yourself more or less. Um, But I was very fortunate, very blessed that I had some people come around me and help mentor me. And I was um, at Kaiser Permanente out in Corona and Riverside, California, and the people there are just like one big family. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, I still didn't really learn much about um, about scoliosis at that point. So then I ended up moving back to the East Coast over to Bluffton, South Carolina. That's where I am now. And I wanted to be closer to my family, but near the beach. Um, So I ended up down south. And I worked for a large outpatient corporate physical therapy clinic. And it was basically a PT mill. You saw a bunch of patients on the hour, probably three to four on the hour, which is just so insane to think back at now. I don't know how we possibly could have given appropriate care (laughs) at that point. So I did that for about six months. And then I went and had the opportunity to be a clinic director at a smaller practice that was a Clemson sports medicine practice And it was a manager that I crossed paths with who was actually my manager, believe it or not, out in Seattle um, and had since moved back to Charleston area. So God works in mysterious ways, um, connecting you with people and just knowing what nudges you need to push you in the the right direction. So, um, yeah, I worked there for a while and really enjoyed my time. And then I've now since opened my own practice. And that is all that I treat. That's all I work with are people that have scoliosis. So it has been life changing for me personally. And obviously, I'm, I'm very passionate about helping other people understand their curve because I don't think that there's anything that is more empowering and um, more important than knowing what to do for your own body. So if you have scoliosis, a lot of times you're just kind of tossed to and fro from medical provider to physical therapist to Um, pain management, and it can feel very overwhelming, frustrating, depressing. And I want to help correct the treatment of scoliosis and help empower people to be able to treat themselves, know what to do about their own spine, their pain, and prevent progression. So that's um, kind of the long background on me and how I've gotten to this point. Um, So I am going to just talk a little bit about what scoliosis is today. And um, if we have some people that come in and have some questions, go ahead and you can drop them in the comments. Um, Since you've joined the live stream, you have the ability to drop any questions that you have in there. But um, 
So scoliosis is a three-dimensional curvature of the spine. And when you look at the technical definitions or if you've heard your doctor or medical provider talk about it, they may have called it a deformity. Uh, We are trying to get away from saying the word deformity because that can put something in your mind about your spine that it makes it seem like it's something that is unable to be changed or improved upon. So um, I like to say, I prefer to say curvature instead of deformity. Thank you so much for this question. I will answer that in a few minutes here. Um, So the Not only is the spine rotated, it's also side bent and there is a flexion and extension component to your curve. So that's why when someone tells you that you need to just strengthen your your weak side and stretch your strong side, it's really not the greatest advice because you have so many different elements that come into play when you consider your curve. (coughs) Excuse me. So um, not only is, is there that rotation and everything that I just explained earlier, but there's also an element of a wedging that happens to your actual vertebrae. So Let me grab my scully spine here. Now this, my spine that I have, I'm holding my spine model right now. I bent it, I forced it into a curve, but it doesn't actually display what happens with your vertebrae. So if you look at these, these are what you would traditionally see with a non-scoliotic spine. So... It is just a um, symmetrical cylinder here. Both sides of the column are equal in length. And there's, um, there's no wedging that's occurred. So with a scoliosis spine, when you look at the actual shape of the vertebrae on the side of the concave side, This is traditionally shorter in length. And then on the convex side, it's traditionally longer in length. So the actual shape of our vertebrae is different than someone who does not have scoliosis. So after you're diagnosed with scoliosis, you're generally sent to your primary care physician and they will monitor it. This is if you're an adolescent. And depending on what the degree is of your Cobb angle, they will either just continue to monitor it if it stays below 20 degrees. If it increases beyond 20 degrees to closer to 30 and the 40 range, they will recommend bracing at that point. And If it's higher than 45 degrees, they will begin discussing surgery because at that point it is um, inevitable that that curve is likely to progress year over year, especially if you're an adolescent and you're going to continue growing. So 
on average, if your curve is about 30 degrees, it will, in, in, excuse me, your curve will increase about one degree per year. If your curve is greater than um, 50 degrees, 50 degrees or more, your curve will increase um, more rapidly. So that's why they want to tackle it at a younger age so that it doesn't become such an issue later in life where it begins affecting your organs, your ability to breathe, and um, your quality of life really diminishes at that point. <clears throat> So traditional treatment routes that you go with scoliosis, um, especially if you're diagnosed with scoliosis later in life or as an adult, you will likely be referred to physical therapy, just traditional physical therapy, chiropractics, possibly pain management, getting injections. Um, sometimes they will do nerve ablations and just basically trying to mask the symptoms that you're having and not really get to the root issue of the problem that you're experiencing. Now, when you're sent to traditional physical therapy, they will likely prescribe you exercises that they would give any person that has lower back pain. So, that would be, you know, stretching and lengthening muscles that seem to be restricted or shortened, um, strengthening the core. So that includes not only the abdominals, but the hip muscles and the back muscles. And then they may do some mobilization, manual therapy, like massage, cupping, trigger point, um, <clears throat> trigger point dry needling or kinesio tape. So those are all really beneficial if you know how to address the pathophysiology of scoliosis. But if you're not really sure, which most providers, uh, especially physical therapists, not especially physical therapists, most providers across the board don't really understand the pathophysiology of scoliosis because it's complex and we're not taught properly in school. Um, let me see. I have a question here. Is there a correlation between scoliosis and digestive issues? As we age, it seems to be getting, we seem to be getting more gas and bloating. Yes, there is definitely a correlation between scoliosis and digestive issues. Now, the, that hasn't been studied. It's just been personal experience. You know, what I've experienced, it's also been what other clinicians have experienced that specialize in scoliosis. But if you think about the nature of scoliosis, how there's curving, there's side bending, there's rotation that happens within the spine, and then you think about your digestive tract, it's used to or it's created to fit in a certain amount of space that is symmetrical on both sides. Now, when you think about the scoliopelvis, it is rotated, it's side bent, it's, it has a torsion to it. Um, 
there's areas within your digestive tract that get more restricted. And then there's areas within your digestive tract that are more expanded. So when you think about after you eat, as your food is traveling and making its way down to the colon, it tends to kind of get stuck and blocked up at certain areas, and then it tends to have an easier passage at the more open areas. And I actually have a couple of informational videos that are directed towards stomach massage and digestive issues. So it can really help after you eat to do these mobilizations to your digestive tract to help the flow of the food um, so that it doesn't feel like it's getting stuck and it doesn't cause that pain and that gas and that bloating. You can do it just with your hands. You can do it with a small squish ball. Let me grab what I'm talking about here. So the squish ball is about nine inches in diameter and I recommend not fully inflating it. You want to have some give to it. I recommend inflating it about 80% or less. And then you can use the squish ball as a mobilization tool to help you. I actually did this the other night, funny enough. Um, I ate something that just was giving me like extremely sharp gas pains. Might be TMI for some some people, but um, it's just the truth (laughs) of what I was experiencing at that time. And um, what I did, I took my squish ball and I actually pressed it into my abdomen and then I leaned over top of it um, on top of an ottoman. So you can lay flat on the floor and that's pretty intense to get things moving. you roll back and forth and you kind of linger over the areas where you feel are a little bit tighter and restricted. And then um, it helps you to pass the gas um, that feels like it's getting stuck. So I will actually redo my informational video that I made. Um, It was a couple years ago, I think at this point about how to address those discomforts, but um, really great question. I appreciate you asking that. And I think that's all we're going to address today and talk about. Um, I'm going to be trying to do these at least once a month. Um, My target is once a week, but I know in reality that might be a little difficult. So I appreciate you joining today and have a wonderful weekend.